A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 108. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes of business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. Welcome to Thrive Thursday with Dr. Yishai. This week on the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, I had Terry Rich, farm boy turned CEO, media marketer turned entrepreneur and owner of a successful media production company, fraudbuster, author, and disruptive innovator, five-time successful serial entrepreneur, and three-time CEO. In episodes 106 and 107, Terry Rich talked about his many endeavors as an entrepreneur and CEO, from media to the zoo, to the lottery, and busting the biggest fraud in history. He has led and grown companies and teams with integrity, a strong sense of ethics, and enthusiasm to match. Terry talked about his thoughts and actions that brought him and those around him so much success, of course, with the challenges, struggles, and mistakes along the way. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episodes 106 and 107 to learn from his incredible experience and leadership qualities. At the end of our conversation, Rich shared that he would like to learn how to cultivate inner peace, even expressing a tinge of regret for not having focused on and learned to do so sooner. So today I'm answering Terry's highly relevant, challenging, and important question. How do you cultivate inner peace? Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn 
to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. Now, without further ado, let's dive into how to create inner peace as an entrepreneur, business owner, or leader. What do Harry Potter, Buddhist monks, and a medical doctor have in common? It sounds like the beginning of the joke, but it isn't, and here's why. They all have the same lesson to teach you about inner peace, even though they tell their stories in such different ways. I was sitting in a room packed with hundreds of people, listening to a highly sought-out medical doctor. We'll call him Dr. T for the time being. Dr. T was an incredibly prolific author of over 60 books. He shared a story that kick-started his journey and career as an author, and it went like this. Dr. T was a doer, constantly working. And he would work until late at night, wake up early, and keep going. He worked on Sundays, was on call almost every night, and had taken no vacation time to just relax and unwind in over a decade. At first, he was praised by others and saw it as having a can-do attitude about pretty much everything in life. At some point, though, Dr. T found himself sitting in front of a very concerned doctor because his body was unable to keep up with what had become a must-do attitude. The chronic stress and lack of sleep created such a strain on his eyes, his back, and even his heart that his own doctor was deeply and seriously concerned. The doctor's prescription for our broken-down Dr. T? Take a vacation. So Dr. T packed up his bags and went to a hot springs spa up in the mountains. It was a gorgeous, relaxation-filled place. Within two hours, he was done with the vacation and had already started completely freaking out because he scheduled various relaxation activities but kept thinking about what he was going to do next. After five minutes in the mineral baths, he was climbing out and asking about what he was going to do next. And of course, at the spa, they kept telling him that it wasn't time to move on. And if he did, he would have blown through every activity of his week-long itinerary during his vacation in less than half a day. And so he started having a panic attack on vacation because he couldn't handle the agonizing change of pace. Having to slow down so drastically was a kind of torture for him. At his practice, there was always another patient, always an emergency to take care of, a fire to put out, his brain and body became so accustomed to plowing ahead full speed, all time, day after day, week after week, month after month. And it was in that moment he realized he could not sit still because he struggled so much with his inner peace to just be with himself and in the moment. His constant pushing And seeking the next project, the next thing to do, was a symptom of a deeper issue. So he set out to address that issue, which took him on a winding journey towards inner peace. Dr. Abraham J. Tversky, MD, and Rabbi, realized that his can-do turned must-do approach to life was slowly strangling him. He realized that there was something more profound that he had lost touch with, and even was escaping from. Harry Potter, 
grew up in an ordinary house, but he was no ordinary boy. The first Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, outlined a powerful lesson that would not be realized until six books later, at the end of the entire series. Halfway into his first year at Hogwarts, Harry comes across an unusual mirror. At first, when he steps in front of it, he's so shocked he nearly has his own panic attack. He sees his dead parents, his entire family, behind him. After many trips to eagerly drink in the family he lost and so deeply misses, Dumbledore shows up to warn Harry about the dangers of what he calls the Mirror of Erised, a mirror that has a cryptic inscription around its golden edges. Whereas Harry sees the family he misses so much and his best friend Ron, an often overlooked middle child in a family of nine, sees himself outshining all of his siblings as Quidditch captain, prefect, and head boy. Dumbledore helps Harry understand why they each see something different. He helps Harry deduce the secret with the following clue. The happiest person in the world can use the mirror of her eyes as a normal mirror. Everyone else would continue to see fantasies and some even go mad with desperation, longing, and desire while they waste away in front of it. So what does the mirror of Arise do? It shows your heart's deepest desire. What's the difference? How could anyone be able to use the mirror as a normal mirror? That question is one that hinges on the very idea of inner peace. Anyone whose fantasies exceed their current state will see their fantasies. Anyone who wishes they could change their past will see their past reshaped. Anyone who wants more for themselves than they have in this moment will see an enhanced future self. Anyone with goals and dreams they have yet to meet will look into the mirror and see them coming true. Some people wanting so badly to change their past or realize their desires, their dreams, their goals, or their fantasies will spend all the time and energy that they have wasting away in front of it which is why Harry sees his family and Ron sees himself outshining everybody in his own family. Do you see the connection yet? I'm going to pull this all together in a moment. But before I do, I want to share that I had the privilege to learn mindfulness and meditation from a group of Buddhist monks during the final year of my doctorate program. Mindfulness and meditation draw from lessons and practices honed by Buddhist monks over thousands of years. And they all circle around a central theme. That theme, letting go of the past, resisting the seductive pull of the future, and learning the complex process, subtle art, and simple science of slowing down and focusing on the present with intent. It helps create gratitude and appreciation for the present, being content in the moment. In other words, inner peace. And it can start with something as simple as just maintaining awareness of your breathing. But that's not always what shows up, especially at first. When we try to slow down, our brains may initially resist that pull. They might even continually resist that pull. Instead, continuing to bombard us with thoughts, ideas, goals, even uncomfortable reactions, memories, 
regrets, concerns from our past that can be quite difficult to sit with. Not only does it take practice, it takes a willingness to be anchored in your body, mind, and the present moment, even when your body, mind, or the present, the moment, seems to be pushing or pulling on you in challenging or even overwhelming ways. Which is why mindfulness and meditation are all about daily practices rather than getting a certificate or a medal. Inner peace is about contentment in the moment with exactly who we are, what is happening, and what may come next. It's looking in the mirror of your eyes and seeing yourself just as you are right now. It's being able to stop running from patient to patient, problem to problem, accomplishing goal after goal. When you're running from one thing to the next, constantly putting out fires or setting goals and pushing the bar higher, you are teaching your brain to always be moving, looking forward, pushing forward. It becomes hard to stand still. It feels uncomfortable, difficult, and even can feel downright wrong. You find yourself perpetually anticipating. Either it's the next level up, the next goal, or a bigger dream, or it's the next issue, an unsolved problem, a fire that needs to be put out. Inner peace means being okay with slowing down so that you are fully, completely, wholly in this moment. No past worry to fix or learn from, no future to push yourself to create. Inner peace means learning to slow down so you can ground your brain and body in the timelessness of just this moment. It means learning how to slow down. And slowing down means cultivating a rich inner and outer life and experience that you want to be present in, to just be. No past to correct or lessons to learn from, no future to shape or create, nothing but the present moment a present moment that you are so completely filled with contentment, satisfaction, and joy that you want nothing else than just be here for now. Another way to think of it is that we have a brain that's designed to have multiple gears it can shift to, like a car. You have drive, reverse, and park. I talk a lot about your habit brain and your adaptive brain. In episode 102, I dive deeper into that. In short, as it's relevant here, your habit brain is all about being in drive and locking in cruise control. But you don't want to only have one gear. You need different ones for different situations. Your adaptive brain is there to help you recognize and switch gears when you need to. Drive is for getting on the go, making your way to a destination, taking steps to your next goal, moving towards your dreams. Reverse is for when you realize you've gone the wrong way. Taking a turn that puts you further from your destination instead of closer. Reverse is key for looking back and taking a different route moving forward. Inner peace is about being able to shift into park so you can appreciate what's happening in the present. Because if you can't park, you can't step out of the car and appreciate the park around you. If you spend all your time in park, though, you can't go anywhere new. And if you spend too much time in reverse, you may take a very long time indeed to get anywhere, even though you're constantly changing direction. If you spend all your time in drive, you may end up like the bus in the movie Speed, frantically trying to save yourself 
everybody around you. Maybe that's your business, your teams, yourself, your family, and reach your goals without being able to enjoy the ride or take the time to stop and appreciate your surroundings. Take the lesson from Dr. Tversky, who took his experiences as a prompt and a lesson to start learning how to slow down, cultivate the skill of sitting in the moment, and be able to savor and truly enjoy it. Take the lesson from Harry Potter, who succeeded where Voldemort failed because he learned to put his past regrets and future dreams away to simply focus on where he was, who he is, and what was happening in that moment. Take the lesson from the Buddhist monks to focus with intent on your present and engage in a daily practice of creating moments of simply noticing, accepting, being, and appreciating whatever is happening in your body, brain, and environment. Take the time to develop your adaptive brain so you can switch gears at will and be in park to enjoy your present moment. It will take time, require energy, effort, and consistent work. It will be a work of ongoing intention, listening and noticing your brain and body. It will probably be hard at first because it's different and difficult to slow down. But now you know what you need to do and why. And so on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 